Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down, a podcast looking back at Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Saga from a literary perspective. I'm your host, Nathan. Join me each week as we dive deep with a chapter-by-chapter analysis, starting where it all began with Twilight. So the title of this chapter is Open Book, which it's not super clear what that refers to at this stage, but I'm sure we'll, we'll find out with anticipation. The first line is, the next day was better, dot, 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 and worse. Now, I'm not really sure how something can be both better and worse at the same time. That doesn't seem like it makes much grammatical sense. But let's give her the benefit of the doubt. So she says it's better because it's not raining. Uh, 
Okay, and it's also easier for her because she knows what to expect of her day at school. She hangs out with Mike and chess club Eric. (laughs) And she's very flattered that that Mike's jealous of chess club Eric. Okay, and and in big news for Bella, she, she starts learning people's names. So she says she eats lunch with Mike, Eric, Jessica, and several other people whose names and faces I now remembered. Now that's that's some progress. Like I'm happy. I'm happy for her, Bella there because really it's, it's only been a day, but she says, Oh, it's worse because she's still tired. She can't sleep because the wind's too loud <laughs> and she's miserable because she has to play volleyball. And because we all know she's really bad at sport and somehow every time she hits the ball, it hits someone or something goes wrong. Like the way Stephanie Meyer describes it is like, she's playing volleyball and it's a crime scene. Like something really outrageous is happening when, when really like, I can't imagine that much going wrong aside from someone breaking a thumb or something. And she never says someone breaks a thumb. So, so I don't know how she's destroying the game of volleyball, but the way she's saying it, she's people are ducking and dodging when the ball goes near her. But she says it was really worse her day. That is because Edward wasn't at school. Like she's, she saw him in the cafeteria. They had a few seconds of eye contact. Then he sat next to her for an hour in science and didn't say a word to her, looked repulsed by her, but she's obsessed with him and is upset that he's not at school. Like, am I missing something? Like you didn't, he hasn't even said a word to you yet, but like all morning and all night, she'd been imagining what she's going to say to him. Um, Even though she knows that she wouldn't really have the guts to do it because she makes the cowardly lion look like the Terminator. Which, which, yeah, that's a fun reference, even though notoriously the cowardly lion was actually quite courageous in the end. He had the courage all along, but, but yeah. And then Terminator is with a lowercase t instead of a capital, even though it's a pronoun. So, I mean, that's a fuck up. So she goes to the cafeteria and she sees the other siblings and she's actually a bit of a bitch. This is what she says. I saw that his four siblings of sorts were sitting together at the same table. (laughs) And it's like, Bella, like just because half of them are adopted doesn't mean they're not siblings. Like they're still real siblings. Anyway, she sits at lunch, just ignoring her friends, waiting for Edward to come in, but he doesn't come. And she's like, oh no. So she just sits there throughout the rest of lunch, just pretending to listen to what everybody's saying um, and just being terribly uncomfortable, waiting nervously for the moment he would arrive. <laughs> and, and she says, I hoped that he would simply ignore me when he came and prove my suspicions false. So she doesn't exactly say what suspicions she's referring to, but I'm going to infer that she's talking about the suspicions that he hates her guts, which would be wrong. We know they're wrong, but she has every, she has every reason to believe that that is the case. And so then he doesn't come and she grows more and more tense as time passes. But then in the immediate next sentence, she's walking to biology with more confidence <laughs> because he didn't show up by the end of lunch. So she was tense, but then confident. And then she says, Mike, who was taking on the qualities of a golden retriever, walked faithfully by my side to class. (laughs) She's already denigrating chess club Erin, and now she's calling Mike a dog. (laughs) 
So then she gets to biology and Edward's still not there and she's really relieved that she has the desk to herself. And then she says, I couldn't get rid of the nagging suspicion that I was the reason he wasn't there. So that was an interesting literary technique that Stephanie Meyer employed just then to mention the suspicions and then not tell us what those suspicions are until a few paragraphs later. So that's a nice fun way to keep the reader on the toes. I really, I really, I really like that. And then she says again that she was so worried she couldn't stop worrying and it's just like, oh, take a bloody breather. And then, (laughs) uh, and then when the school day was finally done and the blush was fading out of my cheeks from the volleyball incident. (laughs) So firstly, do blushes last that long? Do they last hours? Um, And also what's this volleyball incident? Is it just that you're bad at volleyball and that's what we're calling the incident now? Usually incidents are one-offs, but this seems like it's something that happens all the time, but sure. And she hurries from the girl's locker room, pleased to find that I successfully evaded my retriever friend for the moment. (laughs) She just hates everybody. And I don't know why we need to know this, but she says she walks to the parking lot. It's crowded. She gets in her truck. She digs through a bag to make sure she has what she needs. (laughs) And it's just like, All right, thank you for the play-by-play. So then she goes grocery shopping because Charlie can't cook and she's going to take over that duty. And as she's driving out of the car park, that's when she sees Edward's siblings um, getting into their shiny new Volvo. Okay, and then she notices that their clothes are also beautiful, which she'd never noticed before because she was too mesmerized by their faces. Fucking hell. And she says they're all dressed exceptionally well, but in clothes that subtly hinted at designer origins. Like, what's that all about? Subtly hinted at designer origins. What's a designer origin? Are you saying that they're designer? Also, aren't the Cullens in that meant to be like downplaying themselves? Why are they wearing designer origins anyway? But she says they could have worn dish rags and pulled it off. (laughs) it seemed excessive for them to have both looks and money (laughs) she says but as far as i could tell life worked that way most of the time (laughs) so there's a little bit of class commentary which it's nice to have a bit more of a theme i guess and so they look at her noisy truck as she goes past and just like everybody else, because a truck's so noisy and such distraction and everyone's always staring at Bella like, the world, I've said this last episode, but the world doesn't revolve around you, Bella. So then she gets to the grocery store, which wasn't far from the school, just a few streets south of the, off the highway. Like, why do we need to know that? Um, and she says it's nice to be inside the supermarket because it felt normal because she did the shopping at home. So her mum, her mum must be pretty dodge. Hmm, something to think about. She says the store was big enough inside that she couldn't hear the tapping of the rain on the roof to remind her where I was. (laughs) So then she goes, she starts prepping some dinner work. She puts all the groceries away. Boring, boring. So she goes upstairs to do her homework, but she thinks, oh, I better check my emails. Um, And her mum's left her. Okay, no, sorry, I misspoke. I, a normal person, would say check my emails. But... The line is, I changed into a pair of dry sweats, pulled my damp hair up into a ponytail and checked my email for the first time. Like, yeah, that's pretty, that's 
I guess that's grammatically correct. I would say checked my email account or just checked my emails just to, you know, sound conversationally correct. But no, she's checking her email for the first time. Maybe that's how we spoke in 2005. Is that how we spoke? We were on the dial-up back then, I guess. Anyway, so she says she had three messages, not emails, three messages now. So I guess this is pre-iPhone. It's just like, where's the consistency in emails or messaging? In my world, that's different. Anyway, so her mum sent her an email being like, Bella, write me as soon as you get in. Tell me how your flight was. Is it raining? I miss you already. I'm almost finishing packing for Florida, but I can't find my pink blouse. Do you know where I put it? Phil says hi, mum. So now we know that her mum's gone to Florida. Like, this is the first we're hearing of this, right? Like, I'm pretty sure it's the first time I'm hearing about it. So that's why Bella has to go to Forks or wants to go to Forks. And so then there's another email sent eight hours later. And she says, why haven't you emailed me yet? What are you waiting for? And then there's another one, Isabella. I haven't heard from you. If I haven't heard from you by 5.30 PM today, I'm calling Charlie. (laughs) She got the full name treatment there. And then she says, mum, calm down. I'm writing right now. Don't do anything rash, Bella. Like, just let her call Charlie. Like, they're going to have to discuss their their shared child every now and then. Like, why is that something rash? Get over it. And so then she goes, oh, hi, mum. Everything's great. Of course, it's raining. Um, I've got nothing to write about. School isn't bad, just a little repetitive. And I'm like, you're telling me. You've told me everything about trigonometry class like anyone gives a shit. She goes, Charlie bought me a truck. Can you believe it? I love it. It's old, but really sturdy, which is good, you know, for me. Again, with the clumsiness, like, if you're going to hit something, you're going to hit something. And also, like, I thought you were complaining about how loud the engine was, like, a minute ago. And she says, I miss you too, but relax. I'm not going to check my email every five minutes. That I'll allow, yeah. I'm not going to check my email. Emails, whatever. So then Charlie gets home. And she says he hangs his gun belt up and steps out of his boots as she bustles about the kitchen. And about the gun, she says, as far as I was aware, he'd never shot the gun on the job, but he kept it ready. When I came here as a child, he would always remove the bullets as soon as he walked in the door. I guess he considered me old enough now not to shoot myself by accident and not depressed enough to shoot myself on purpose. (laughs) Like, that's dark. This is a kid's book. Like, this, this is a kid's book. It's, it's, it's children's lit. Like it's tween lit. Are we really talking about you shooting yourself? And like, it's a bit tacky. And the other thing, like she cooks him dinner and he's like, smells good, Belle. So now she's Belle. Last chapter, she was Belle's once. And now she's Belle, probably once. We'll see if it ever happens again. I don't know what, maybe he'll go shorter. Maybe next time it'll be B. Maybe he'll start giving her initials. BS. I don't know how else you can. B-Dog, B-Town. Oh, I'm interested to see. Let's, let's track that progress. So what really annoys me is that she says, we ate in silence and that it, was un- it wasn't uncomfortable because neither of them are bothered by the quiet. But then immediately they go into dialogue. So the silence isn't very silent. Um, and he's just asking about her day at school. Has she made friends? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, there's a boy called Mike who's friendly. And he's like, oh, Mike Newton. He's a good kid. Nice family. And he's like, his dad owns the sporting goods store just outside of town. He makes a good living off all the backpackers who come through here. And I'm like, what silence? What? 
what's the whole thing about you eating in silence, which is an uncomfortable because you guys like silence. And then she brings up the Cullens and he's like, oh, the Cullens, I love the Cullens. Dr. Cullens a great man. And she's like trying to get the tea. So she's like, oh, the, the kids are, uh, they're a little different. They don't seem to fit in. And then Charlie gets angry. And he's like, people in this bloody town talking and running their mouths. And he pretty much says how Dr. Cullen is a brilliant surgeon who could probably work anywhere in the world, but he's chosen to, to come to Forks and, and that we're lucky to have him, basically. And he, he, goes on, he goes on for like 10 lines about how good the Cullens are. Like, Charlie's a talkative man. I don't care what, what she says. Like, like he's saying, I haven't had any trouble from them. Um, they stick together the way a family should. They go on camping trips every other weekend, which that makes me think they're off hunting deer or something, because I think I remember that happening. Um, but just chatty, chatty Kathy. And then actually that Bella does acknowledge that it was the longest speech she'd ever heard Charlie make. At least we're acknowledging inconsistencies here. But we, we had to get the backstory of the Cullens eventually, even though that's all we've been getting for pages and pages. And so then Bella's like, oh, they, just, they seem nice enough. They're all very attractive. And Charlie says, you should see the doctor. It's a good thing he's happily married. A lot of the nurses at the hospital have a hard time concentrating on their work with him around. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but if I'm in hospital... And I, I need the services of a nurse. I want them to be switched on. I don't want them to be distracted by immortal, good-looking vampires. Like, that just seems, like, dangerous to me. That seems like an OHS work safety issue at the very least. Like, like, we don't need an undead McDreamy situation happening here. So then she goes to sleep. Great. The rest of the week was uneventful. She gets used to the routine of her classes. And then, in big news for Bella... Like, I'm very proud of her for this. She says, by Friday, I was able to recognize, if not name, almost all the students at school. (laughs) I mean, what did we say last chapter? That there are 387 students at school. So that's a lot. That's a lot to recognize. Um, And oh God, again, in gym, the kids on my team learned not to pass me the ball and to step quickly in front of me if the other team tried to take advantage of my weakness. Why? Why are they playing volleyball every single day? Mix it up. And Edward still hasn't come back to school. So each day she watches anxiously as the rest of the Cullens enter the cafe without him. Cafeteria, not cafe. So she watches anxiously until the Cullens enter without him and then she can relax and join in with the lunchtime conversation. Her friends are bloody angels at this point. Imagine five days straight of some bitch sitting at your table not saying a word, and then eventually starts engaging eventually, like once, once the Cullens arrive. Wouldn't you be like, what's, what's her drama? So then it's her weekend, which passes without incident, apparently. Um, Charlie works most of the weekend, so she cleans the house, gets ahead on her homework, writes her mum some more cheerful email. <laughs> Let me read this out. So she says, I cleaned the house, got ahead on my homework, and wrote my mum more bogusly cheerful email. Like, I would just say emails. Plurals. And then she drives to the library, but it was so poorly stocked that she didn't even bother to get a library card. <laughs> what an angsty teen. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the weekend. So then Monday morning, 
People are greeting her in the car park. And again, she doesn't know all their names, but she waves back and smiles at everyone. Progress. So then when she gets out of class, it's snowing and she's really pissed off about it. Everyone's like, yay, it's snowing. And she's like, ugh, snow, gross. Like she actually says, ew. (laughs) Ew, snow, there went my good day. (laughs) And Mike's like, what, you don't like snow? She's like, no, that means it's too cold for the rain. (laughs) Happiness is a choice. And she says she's disappointed because she thought it was meant to come down in flakes, but everything just looked, the snow just looked like the ends of (laughs) Q-tips. This pessimist is killing me. And then chess, chess boy, chess club boy with, with the oil slick hair, he throws a snowball at Mike and then Mike starts picking up a snowball to throw it back. And she, she gaps it. She's like, I'm not interested. I'm getting out of here. Um, and throughout, and throughout that morning, everyone at school's chatting excitedly about the snow and she keeps her mouth shut because she hates snow. Ah, oh, so then she has Spanish class and then she goes to the cafeteria. Like, am I in Groundhog Day here? Like every paragraph, every page, it's, I got to school. I went inside. I had a lesson. And then I went to the cafeteria. And then I looked out for Edward. And then I went to biology. And then I went to gym. Gym was a disaster. But not really a disaster because nothing bad happened. And then I went home. Like, I'm going crazy here and it's only the second chapter. But does Edward appear this time at the cafeteria? Does he? Does he? Does he? Yes. Yes, he does. And then she freaks out and then she feels too self-conscious to even eat. So she just goes and gets a Coke or something. So then she's worried about going to biology after class, after, after the cafeteria. And she says like, if, if he's looking, if he's glaring at me, I'm going to skip biology and pretend to be sick. So she keeps her head down and glances up under her eyelashes. <laughs> now I don't have very long eyelashes, but like, I can't, if I glance up, I can't really see through them. Um, but I'm imagining she's got a, a ton of mascara on for that to work. Um, and none of them were looking this way. So she, she's fine. But she notices there's something different about Edward. His skin looks less pale and the circles under his eyes are much less noticeable. Now, what that tells me is that he's gone and got himself some blood. He had a nice week off, killed some deer, drank some blood, not hungry. So, so all in all, good, good, solid week for Edward. He had a great weekend. Um, and then Jessica's like, oh my God, Edward Cullen is staring at you. And she's like, what? He doesn't look angry, does he? And she's like, what? Why would he be angry? <laughs> and then she gives her the rundown being like, I don't think he likes me, blah, 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 blah. So then, and then Mike's like, hey guys, let's have this like blizzard snowball fight in the car park after school. And Jess is like, oh my God, that sounds so fun. And then the way she looks at Mike leaves little doubt in Bella's mind that Jessica would be up for anything Mike suggested. So that's... Something to watch out for. So Jess has got a little crush on Mike. Like that's some character development, guys. We're getting, we're getting through some character development in chapter two. Okay. And then she says, for the rest of the lunch hour, I kept my eyes at my own table. Ooh. Now an hour lunch, that's a long time. Um, I don't think I got that long of a lunch at my school, but you know what? We'd, we'd maybe scoff down a sandwich. Then we play some handball. 
you know, like we'd, we'd enjoy that time. What if she's just sitting at a cafeteria for an hour? How dull. And she can't even look around the room because she's just staring at her own table. No wonder she's bloody pessimistic. What? I mean, what, what is she doing for an hour? It doesn't take them that long to eat. I say cut the lunch back half an hour short and let the kids go home half an hour early. It just makes sense. So she goes to biology and she's like, oh, I'm alone at the table. And she's relieved, but I'm like, you just saw him at lunch. You know, he's coming. Um, so she just like, doesn't stare at the door. And then he comes and sits down and he says, hello, in a quiet musical voice, which I imagine sounds like, hello. <laughs> like what's, what's a musical voice? Like, hello, hi. <laughs> uh, let me try and do it a bit more straight, straight vampire man. Hello. <laughs> I can't, how does someone say hello musically without sounding camp, camp is all hell? Like Mr. G, hello, hello, hi, hello. Maybe it was like that. Hello. Or could it, oh no, but it's quiet as well as musical. So, hello. <laughs> That's it. So, Edward comes, he sits down and he says, hello. <laughs> oh boy. And so she's stunned that he's speaking to her. And even though he's still sitting like on the other side of the desk with his chair angled towards her, but keeping some distance, he's dazzling, blah, blah, blah. His eyes are beautiful. He says, my name is Edward Cullen. I didn't have a chance to introduce myself last week. You must be Bella Swan. And she's like, whoa, wait a minute. He doesn't hate me. But then she doesn't know what to say. So she's like, how do you know my name? And he's like, oh, and then he laughs a soft enchanting laugh. So I imagine that goes a little like, <laughs> no, that wasn't soft enough. <laughs> that wasn't enchanting enough. Maybe it was more of a. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. So she laughs and he's like, oh, I think everyone knows your name. The whole town's been waiting for you to arrive. And then she's like, no, I meant like, why did you call me Bella? Everyone else calls me Isabella. Oh, so she's got him there and he's like, Oh, so do you like being called Isabella? And she's like, no, I like Bella. (laughs) It's just everyone calls me Isabella. And he's like, "Uh, okay. So this scene goes on for a little while, but basically they have a little biology task where they have to look at onion root and then say what the cell breakdown thing is. Like if it's cirrhosis or porosis or precocious or whatever it is. And so, um, and we find out like Edward's really good at biology, but so is Bella. So they have some, they have some like little flirting over, over looking at the things. Cause he's like, oh, that's a phosphorus solution. And she's like, well, let me double check. And then she's like, mm, you're right, phosphorus. And so then she checks it and she's like, well, that's a phosphorus. And he's like, well, how about I double check? And she's like, okay. And then he looks and he's like, yeah, you're correct. Prophase, not phosphorus. Prophase. Prophase anaphase. It's all just a bloody phase to me. Um, the only really interesting thing that happens is when they're like fighting over the microscope, he touches her and she's like, oh my God, icy cold. He must've really been out in the snow earlier. And I'm like, oh, fuck's sake. So then she realized what she thinks is different about his face. And she goes, did you get contacts? Bloating it out unthinkingly. And then he seems puzzled and he's like, no. And she's like, oh, there's something different about your eyes. And he just shrugs and looks away. And she's like, no, I'm pretty sure there's something different because she vividly remembered the flat black color of his eyes. And now it's a completely different color. It's like darker than butterscotch, but with the same golden tone. And she doesn't know how that happened. Blood. 
He had some blood. He got some good blood on the weekend. So they finish that little task earlier than everyone else in the class. So they start to make some small talk. Like Edward's really asking the questions, like trying to be like, I'm nice. I don't hate you. I don't know why you think I hate you. Um, because he obviously like overheard her telling Jessica that she thinks Edward hates her. So he's like, how about the snow? Hey. And she's like, I hate snow. (laughs) And then he's like, ah, you don't like the cold. And she's like all the wet. And he's like, well, you mustn't really like living in forks. And she's like, you have no idea. And then he's fascinated by that because he's sort of like, well, why'd you come here then? Which is a great question. Um, Edward's being like the perfect Barbara Walters asking the right type of questions type character at the moment. And thank God for him because someone needed to ask her. And she's like, it's complicated. So then we finally get the backstory that basically her mum remarried Phil, who's a minor league baseball player. So now with his baseball, he's going around the country and old mate mum stayed in Phoenix with Bella to keep her company. But Bella sensed that that was upsetting for old mate mum. And so she's now sacrificed herself to Fork so old mate mum can go and hang out with old mate Phil. And Edward's sort of like, why the hell would you do that? Yeah, Edward's like, but you're unhappy now. And she's like, and? And he's like, well, that's not fair. She clearly doesn't want to be happy. Um, And she's like, well, you know what? Life isn't fair. And then he says, you put on a good show, but I'd be willing to bet that you're suffering more than you let anyone see. Like, this is your first conversation and you're telling someone that they're suffering. And then he's like, well, am I wrong? And she tries to ignore him. And then he says, I don't, I didn't think so. He murmured smugly. So I imagine that sounds like, "Mm, I didn't think so. And then she's like, why does it matter to you? And she's getting really annoyed with him, which is fair enough, but also stop talking to him then. And then even then he's like, am I annoying you? Well, he sounds amused. So he's like, am I annoying you? And then she's like, well, not exactly. I'm more annoyed at myself. My face is so easy to read. My mother always calls me her open book. Bam, title of chapter. There we go. Bella's the open book, but she's clearly not an open book to Edward. Hence the fascination. Because he says, on the contrary, I find you very difficult to read. And then she says, you must be a good reader then. Which doesn't make sense. So he's saying, I find you difficult to read. And she says, you must be a good reader then. Like I'd understand if she said, you mustn't be a good reader then. Because she's an open book who he can't read. So why would she say he's a good reader? I think she meant mustn't. No, but then he says, usually, as in he usually is a good reader. So I don't know why Bella said he must be a good reader. Because he's, he's just said that he's not a good reader for her. It's a very confusing little um, tete-a-tete. So then the bell rings and Edward gaps it. And just like last Monday, she stares after him in amazement. He's just a pretty boy. Like they're, they're a dime a dozen. You go to Byron Bay, swing a stick and you'll hit a Hemsworth. Like she's, she's staring off after this guy who's got butterscotch eyes and some nice, a nice haircut. And he wears clothes that are subtly hinted at being designer. Like, what's so amazing about that? I just want to... Oh, and then Mike walks at a gym because we're always walking to the gym in this book. And he's like, Edward seemed nicer today. And she's like, oh, really? Um, I wonder what got into him last week. And they banter about that for a little bit. 
so they're at gym and they're playing volleyball again and Mike's on her team. So he's covering her position as well as his own. And she says, so my wool gathering was only interrupted when it was my turn to serve. My team ducked warily out of the way every time I was up. <sighs> we get it. Also wool gathering. What a great phrase. What a great phrase. What does it bloody mean though? Okay, so wool gathering, it means indulging in aimless thoughts or daydreams. Do most people know that? I mean, I had to Google it. Being an Australian, when I hear wool gathering, I think of like literal wool gathering, like shearing a sheep. But okay, great. My vocabulary is expanding. So the day is mercifully finally over. Um, It's back to rain. We didn't get the snow blizzard. So she gets into the, she gets into the, every time we have to hear her getting into the truck. So she gets into the truck. She gets the heater running for once, not caring about the mind numbing roar of the engine. She unzips her jacket. She puts the hood down. She fluffs out a damp hair so the heater can dry it on the way home. Why do I need to know any of this? And then she looks around the car park. She notices that Edward's leaning against the door of his Volvo and he's staring intently in her direction. And then she looks away um, whilst reversing (laughs) and then almost hits another Toyota. So um, that's, so maybe she has a point about needing a really hefty car and she is a shit driver. But that's, I hate how she's sort of saying, I'm a clumsy person. It means I can't drive. And I'm like, clumsy people can drive. There's different skills. She pulls out again. Doesn't hit another car this time. Um, And then she stares ahead straight past the Volvo. But from a peripheral peak, (laughs) she would swear she sees Edward laughing. So we end on a peripheral peak, which maybe that's why you're running into other cars because you're trying to reverse or pull out of a parking spot and you're using your peripheral vision to see if the boy you like smiling at you. Like, focus on the damn road. This is why we have accidents. But that's the chapter, guys. It was a bit of a quicker one than last, than last chapter. But I mean, we had some progress in the Edward Bella relationship, which is really all we've got going on in this book. So, so that was nice, nice progress. Chapter three is called Phenomenon. Again, I don't know what that could be about. Um, I imagine it's to do with vampires. That's just, that's just my assumption. Let's see if I'm correct. Um, you can let me know what you think, what you thought of the chapter. Do you think Bella's a shit driver or is she just a shit person? Uh, tweet us at podbreakingdown on Twitter, or you can email us at breakingdownpod at gmail.com. It would also be great if you could uh, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. That would be really helpful to help us get the word out. So thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365 day returns.